Everybody listeners in New York, you're listening to Haaret Anolad, um, the weekly program dealing with raising children. Um, we are on air live. Uh, today is um, my 28th, Wednesday, 2014. And um, you can listen to us on the hotline and the website, jbradio.com. Well, the listeners today... Um, I had a very full week with um, meeting with appointments, and most of the problem that actually came in front of me, I think it all depends on one root, um, and because I see this tendency in public, I think we should uh, dedicating. Uh, at least one radio show for this topic. And today, I would like to speak about the topic of punishment. Uh, I know that uh, the axiom of most of people, most of parents, and especially teachers, um, that actually if you want to educate someone and you want to make him feel that he is doing wrong, you have to punish him. Because if I want to demonstrate in front of someone that he is doing wrong, and I want him to know that I'm not so happy in my behavior, and when I'm talking with him time after time, and he doesn't help, maybe I have to punish him. Maybe if he will get punished, he will fix his ways, and tomorrow he must be better. But there is um, a great question about this axiom that people think that punishment gives any benefits. Because that if punishment is uh, supposed to be so helpful all these generations was supposed to be different. We supposed to see very educated children because if we take the capacity, the amount of the punishments that we give them, so they had to be very educated, very polite. And actually, we don't see it. We see one long process that's always in degrading, always getting down. The process of the generation is always getting down. Discipline issues, um, studies issues, a lot of issues continuing to be worsened and worsened. And we ask ourselves, why? We have punished them. So why they don't getting better? So the very strange conclusion that we actually getting in that maybe our children's um, very insistence, maybe they they so stubborn they don't want to change this, to change their way. 
that the wrong conclusion that actually most of parents and teachers getting because they think maybe I have maybe I should add more punished and a heavy heavier punished on my students or on my children maybe it will be better but actually the reality is proof that it doesn't help and we ask why what is the secret of the punishment how to use it when we have to use it and how much we have to use it um, that actually will be our topic today in this specific radio show um, dear listeners I would like to invite you to send our to send us your text messages um, at this topic or maybe if you want about um, for another issues also uh, our phone number for text messages and I really recommending to start sending from right now because usually most of the text is received uh, in the end of the program and then we don't have uh, plenty of time uh, to read it all so start uh, send uh, your text right now so we will have the time and we can evaluate the time uh, for answering all of your questions our phone number for texting is 347 927 8398 I repeat 347 927 8398 you can also write us um, and you can use our email abrahameducation at gmail.com and you can also be with us on the phone line you can call us 718-683-5858. Now we're going to a small musical break, and then we will extend this issue of the punishment. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere.
been told I space out Got my head lost way up in the clouds Oh, and though it don't make me too proud I know somehow I'll work it all out to define what actually it's a punishment. People used to think that punishment is when I avoid my son, my son to get something. Maybe I'm giving um, candies to the rest of his brothers and I will not give him. Or maybe when I say, go to your room and close your door behind you. You will not be allowed to stay here with the rest of the family. Or maybe uh, when a teacher sends some of his students to the principal to make a sign on his command paper, this is kind of punishment. But I think that it is the time that we should don't think in so minimizing uh, thought, we have to extend our brain, and we have to understand that 
punishment is more wider, and I would like to extend this definition. The definition of punishment, if we want to define it by professional, it's any response that makes uncomfortable feeling to my child. Any response which makes uncomfortable feeling to my children, actually we define it as a punishment. Now, let's say for the example, that you ask your child to arrange his stuff in his room, to fix all the masses in room, and he doesn't do it. And you don't slap him, and you don't even yell at him. You just make so disappointed face, and you say, oh, I'm so disappointed of you. This is also kind of punishment. I'm not getting into the issue how we have to respond right now. I just want to emphasize that actually we have to know that any response of us that makes him uncomfortable feeling this is a punishment. Let's say for one more example, your little daughter came um, came uh, came into the house after a day school with an exam with sixty five percent. This is the the mark of her of the test, and you don't yell at her. You don't even say any criticize, but you just say something like, oh, that's it. Not even one word. We have to know it's also defined as a punishment. Now, if we define this action this response, we're considering it as a punishment. I think that even if we thought until this point that our children is getting a lot of punishments, now we can say they 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 full with punishments. Now I would like to read you a part of a letter from a daughter to her mother. And I would like to emphasize that we're talking about a normal mother. Um, she's a teacher in her professional. And she didn't, in, she didn't even image what a damage she made to her daughter just because of the criticize that it's a kind of punishment. And that's the letter the daughter writes. My mother, she's so clean, and she's getting really sick when the home is getting and dirty. Two days ago, 
we had a guest. And they stayed until late hour at night. So when they went out, my mother was hurry and start working to clean up the house. But she had no time for it. So my mother has to leave the house in his mess. She was very miserable. And I got mercy on her. I knew what a punishment it for her to come back to such kind of house after a long work day. So I, so I decided to make her surprise, unusual surprise, just, to, just in trying to crack the eyes between us. I started to fix the mess of the house. But actually and honestly, it despaired me. The kids of our guests made such a mess that I was afraid I will not came over it. So I went to the kitchen, just trying the dishes, to wash the dishes, and I thought perhaps after the kitchen will be clean and set, it will give me a satisfied and power to continue on. I washed a plate and another plate and another plate. And again and again I failed myself that I am desperate and very, very miserable. I understood that I am just trying to cheat myself and I cannot do it. My mother always was call me Spencer. She said that I like to start things but not finish them. But this time I felt that she really right. It seems to me that I sound her voice speaking in my head. Well, why did you did until now, my little starter daughter? I started to cry. I was running away to my room, falling in my bed, and I cried and cried until my mother came back. I don't want to write what was her joke about the fact that I'm crying, but I think it's enough that I will write it when I remember what she told me. I'm scaring that I'm starting to hate her. Finally, she is my mother. A lot of time I felt that maybe she is chas v'shalom, hates me. But sometimes it seems to me that she is happy that I fail. Because my fails gives her material to more jokes. To more jokes. Well, this is the part of a letter of a normal mother... But she was always criticized her daughter. Now, let's be honest. Are we not like this mother? When you ask your daughter to clean her house, to clean her room, and she's doing everything excellent, and then she calls you 
Mommy, I want you to see my room. And you're getting into the room, and you say, Oh, it's so beautiful. But why didn't you set the blank, the blanket? One thousand things she fixed up, she cleaned up, she made it. One of them was mass, the blanket. This is the only thing you see. This is the only thing you attend. Why? Why we always find faults. This is kind of punishment. And why our little child deserves it? Let's test ourselves. Just close your eyes and active your imagination and active your memory. Can you remember for this morning, three hours since they wake up in the morning, until now, what was the most of the dialogue between us and our children? It wasn't criticized. It wasn't that we actually choose the things they made wrong. And we always emphasize only thinking these things. Most of the dialogue between us and our children always dealing with their fails. And we all know deep down that this is not a way. And we all know deep down that the way is the total opposite. And we say it repeatedly and repeatedly. And we should repeat it until people understand. The only way to make a change is to find the good things your child made. The fa to find the positive things he did and to emphasize it and to remember it and to raise it in front of him all the time. There are parents afraid from Gava. I don't want my child to be show off in his deeds. This is nonsense. Believe me, even, even if you try harder, always emphasize the good things he did. Maybe we reach to a balance between the bad things that we always show him that he did to the positive things. Maybe. I'm not sure about that. So don't worry about Gava. Don't worry that he will be so proud that he start to live the good things he did because he thinks that I'm excellent already. This is a punishment, and they don't deserve it. Now, let's talk about, um, about the teachers. Before we're talking about teachers, I've just been asked to if you can read a Perakteilim for Korel Shoshana Bat Soli. I repeat, Korel Shoshana Bat Soli. She's 21, and she's in very dangerous situation. 
Korel Shoshana Bat Soli. If you can say Perik Tehilim for her, and we're also dedicating this radio show and the gain of this radio show for her Refuah Shalema. Now, let's speak about the teacher. Teachers has to dealing with several things at the same time. They have to grant a lot of material to her Talmudim, to her students. They have to pass the right information and the knowledge they have to pass uh, for the students. Um, they have the management uh, demands in the background, and they have to also to keep the discipline in the class. And it's not so simple. It's very complicated, and we're well aware of that. But sometimes teachers put on a focus one of the students that he actually barely can sit on his chair or he barely can accept the discipline demands. And then suddenly this teacher, especially young teachers, start to be afraid because he actually marked this student as someone who threatened his dignity, someone which threatened his positive, his, uh, his position. I am in a position of teacher. In his mind, in the teacher's mind, in, in his beautiful imagination, he imagined all the classroom students sitting at the same forum and listening to the lesson without talking in the middle of the lesson, without breaking the silence. They want all of them to use just like a rabbit. But what we can do, they are not. They are not rabbits. So what do you want? They are not machines. You cannot program them. So sometimes, some of students drew some words from one another, or maybe eating in the middle of the lesson, or doing something improper. But the deep problems is beginning when the teacher, and I said especially young teacher, he feels that this student actually threat his position. He threat his job. And I think that at this point, I have to raise up very, very important comment for our dear principals of schools. You have to remember, when you put your teachers in a position of they always under control of you, and you always watch them, and you always follow them to see how the classroom is managed. There is a discipline or not. 
and suddenly you open the door of the class, even if you just want to say something to one of the students, the, the teacher is not stupid. He is really understand that you are test him, that you watch him, and you want to test in the middle of the lesson how it's managing your principal. Your teacher is reaching into a hard pressure, and he's getting nervous. And in the final bottom, the students are suffering because of it. And if one of the students start to break any part of the discipline, the teacher feels threatened, and he responding reactive without any scale to what actually these students did. Maybe he said a little word in the middle of the lesson, and the teacher is getting crazy about him because he's nervous and he's afraid. Maybe the principal's behind the door. Maybe he'll listen in. So, dear principal, this is not the way. You have to choose very well your teachers when you start to employ them. But after you choose one and you employ them and you employ him, trust him. Trust him. Don't let him feel that he's always under surveillance. Trust him. Believe me, he make it better. Don't be afraid of it. And I'm talking from my own experience and my friend's experience. They are also principal of schools. Believe me, this is the best way to get the most benefits of your teachers. And when the teacher is reactive and he responds very hard, he hurts his student, and actually he punished him. And you ask why? What did he do? And then he has to justify his, his behavior. And he say, what do you want? He started to break my discipline in the class. And all the rest of the students is suffering because of him. I will not let him do whatever he wants. Whoa, 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 where you go? What did he do? It's just covering. Deep down, let's face it. You're afraid because of your position. You feel threatened of your job. This is the only reason why you rampant on him. That's it. And we have to remember it. There is some axiom that we have to punish the children if we want to raise them. No, it's not a way. Believe me, I managed classes for years, and I'm talking about teenagers' classes, for years almost without any punishment. Believe me, from my experience, with 
perfect discipline. There is another way. There is another way. Now, I know the issue is more wide, and Bezat Hashem, we shall extend it. But uh, right now, this is the point that I would like to remind you, our phone numbers. Um, several text messages already we received. I recommend you start uh, send us your questions right now so we can evaluate the time uh, to put uh, um, the proper time uh, to get your answer for all. So our phone number for text is 347-927-8398. I repeat, 347-927-8398. If you would like to write us um, a longer letter, you can use our email box, abrahameducation at gmail.com. If you want to call us live, uh, our phone number is 718-683-5858. Now we are going to a small musical break, and we'll be right back. Stay with us. Thank you. 
ולמשום את התמימות המתוקה ולנשום את
he told me, look, I use a lot of punish, a lot of punishments in my classroom. And despite my punishment, there is no any improvement. Not more than that, not just I have not any improvement in my discipline. It's getting worse either. So what do you say? How it happened? And then I told him, it's not despite your punishments, it's because of it. And he, just like another, asked, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? How you can say that? We have to know that the way how Hashem created his briot, his uh, human nature, the way actually based on a dignity. Each one of us, the most desire in our spiritual powers is to feel that the society is respect, respecting me. I would like to feel respected. It's very, very basic power in our personality of every one of us. Even the goy, which walking with the garbage in 5 a.m., he also needs to feel that someone is appreciating him. And there was a Soviet um, research years ago that actually proved that if someone will lose his hope for dignity, he is dead. There is no any taste to his life, and he is dead. Each one of us, if someone had degraded you in front of the public, and you felt in your life what is the real deep meaning of humiliated, to be humiliated? You know how it feels. You just want to bear yourself underground right now, right here. You have no any reason to go on with your life. Luckily, it's not happened every day. Luckily, it's not happened for a long time. So we can control it, and we go on with our lives. But if someone will lose his hope for dignity forever, he will die. No doubt of it. Now, when you punish someone, you must be humiliated him. You must degrade him. Because the feeling of getting um, punishment, actually expressing in front of your child, you are worthless. Right now, I'm angry with you. And if you teach her, it's much worse. i tell you why. Let's say for the example that I'm giving a lecture. Now, there is 200 people in the, in the lecture's hall. 
Now, I say something, but nobody of the listeners agree with me. But because that I am which one who lecturing, and all the crowd actually in silence, each one of them, even if he disagree with me, he thinks that this is only his own opinion. He convinced that the rest of the members of this specific lecture actually agree with the lecturer because they're in silence. So he feels that maybe I'm not agree with him, but all the rest of the crowd probably agree with him. It's just because that everybody is quiet in the lecture. The same thing in a classroom. If you say to your student, you're stupid, sorry for shaking you, but it happens, and you tell him, you're stupid, and all his friends in silence. So he feels that it's not just the teacher look at me, that I'm crazy, that I'm stupid. That's the way how the world look at me. That's what he feels. He feels the world look at me that I'm unnormal, that I'm stupid, because the rest of his friends is quietly. So probably they agree with the teacher. That's the reason why you're talking with teenagers that actually went through a long process of abused child, childhood. They're very angry about their parents. But the most anger they have, it's not of the someone of the parents that actually um, attacked them, they most anger about the other side that he was quiet, that he didn't do nothing to stop him. Let's say this one of the teenagers went through abuse because of his father. And his mother saw all this abuse but she was quiet. She didn't tell to anyone. She didn't try to stop her husband. This teenager most anger with his mother. Why did you quiet about it? Why did you have you've been in silent when you saw that? His father, he's understand. He was like a monster. So what can I do? But you, my mother, why didn't you stop him? Why didn't you save me? So he angered with her much more than his father. When a teacher humiliates his student in front of a public, this student actually feels that's the way how the world looks at me, that I am a stupid. 
now we're actually aware to the fact that a concept of punishment is not so simple. Is any respond may makes uncomfortable feeling to your Talmud or to your child. Now, there is a very interesting story that I would like to read you about a little kid, seven years old. Very interesting story that I think we should be aware for it. Um, I had never heard such a story before. There were a couple of parents with a story about seven years old that every night their child forced them to punish him. And not just um, a merely punishment. Because this child was forced them to slap him. And he didn't chill out until his demand was complete. I mean, without slapping, he wouldn't lay down on a bed and go sleep. And this boy, seven years old, was very comfortable, very smooth, disciplined, no any other problem. There is no complaint from the, his teacher, from school system, from parents, except this strange problem. Night after night, when he is getting into his bed, he starts to nervous his parents. He raises up of the bed. He makes them crazy. He makes a lot of chutzpah until they slap him. And just after he got his slap, he is really pleasant. He even has a little smile on his face, and he is hurry up into his bed. And pretty fast, he is getting into a nice, sweet sleep. Parents have tried to speak with their child, tries to make him speak about his problem, and trying to find out what actually hiding behind his strange problem. But it gives them nothing. The kid refused to answer, just lift his shoulders and keep his quiet. Parents didn't even succeed to find out and to figure out the basically question, do my child actually aware to his behavior? I mean, if he works in meaning to do that, or maybe this behavior just blow out from itself every night, again and again. And as his father told me, when it started, it seems like my child is getting crazy. Even his look of his face changed 
tremendously. He looks like he is going into like something like the book we say in Hebrew. So the advisor started to be in contact with these seven years old. He pretended himself like he is a toddler that's actually supposed to promote him in his studies. But during the time, he started to play games with his child. And he told him, we have to play because it's just for uh, studies needs. One of these uh, toy games, when they finished to teach a boy doll a lesson, I took the doll in my hand and I said, now he's going to sleep, he's very tired, and he has to rest. I took the doll boy in my hand and I put it on a side trying to test the reflecting of this child but I didn't see any spatial response so we passed to play cards and during our, our, car, our play cards I approached to the doll boy and I said in very angry tone, what is your problem? Why are you not asleep? What is disturbing you? In once, the child turned his head, approaching to the door. His mouth was a little bit open, and his eyes were scared. I ignored him. And I continued to speak to the doll. What do you want me to do? You want me to tell you a story? Perhaps you want me to sing you a song? What do you want? Why you can't sleep and that's it? I lift my hand in a desperate motion. And I approach the child. What can I do? He doesn't want to sleep. What does he want? And then the kid says, he wants a slap. Why slap, I ask him? Because of the gum. These words seem to just push out of his mouth against his will. He was white like the wall in the room. And I think that he was also trembling. When I saw his face, I understood that he holded by guilt his feeling. That somehow has something to do with the gum. But I didn't dare to continue on in trying to investigate him. I wasn't qualifying enough in such kind of speaking, and I was afraid to destroy what I actually started. The kid's miserable also was very touching. I couldn't speak with him anymore. So 
So I decided to end the game. And I will try to find out this matter in the next time we sit to learn. But the kids continue this process by himself. When I approached again to the play cards, he took, his, he took the doll in his hand, shaking him and screaming, no gummy gum, no gummy gum, did you understand it? No any gum. And then he threw her away from his hand strongly. She's stuck in a wall and fall down on the ground. The kid sounds a little strange laughing. And immediately he starts to cry and cry and cry. After a been a while, he started to tell me his story. And then he started to expose his terrible secret. I figured out that a couple months ago, two kids from his neighborhood, two teens, they asked him to bring them a box of guns from the store, from the grocery, nearby his house. They told him that you don't need to pay for it, just take it and go because it belongs to us, so you can take it. And he was so innocent. And he didn't be, and he didn't know what actually he's doing. And he went into the grocery, took one of the gum box, and gave them. This event actually repeated itself time after time, but on the third or fourth time, they explained to him that he is a thief. And because of it, they're going to report him, and then they will take him to the police, and you will be there for all the rest of your life. And I will not have daddy and mommy, and I am going to lose my brothers, and I will have nothing. Under this scripts threading almost every day he was forced to make a ceiling for those guys and then every night when he wants to sleep his imagination starts working and he's very afraid he's scared to death from sleeping at night because of his guilt, his feelings. He feels bad with himself and he's afraid from the contact between him and his subconscious at night. But when his parents gave him a slap, he feels that he has a kapara. He has something that actually worth 
the bad deeds he had. He had something to atone his bad deeds. And only then he was relaxed and he could sleep at night. So the conclusion of this story is actually that sometimes our children need the punishment just for the feeling of kapara, to feel they can atone their bad deeds. But there are very specific conditions to use this kind of punishment. And I'm talking about physically punishment. There is very specific condition when we have to use it. We'll speak about it right after a small musical break. Dear listeners, uh, let me to remind you our phone number for text. Um, our phone number uh, for text is um, 347 nine two seven eight three nine eight I repeat three four seven nine two seven eighty three ninety eight you can keep send us your text messages and Bezat Hashem will get your answers we're going to a small musical break and then we will reach to the second hour of Hare and Hanolat Oh, Nishmas, 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 Nishmas,
תוכנית הרואה את הנולד עם הרב אברהם ברזילי. 
Well, uh, dear listeners, I, uh, we heard back with you. You're listening to our Tanolad. Um, this is a live radio show. And um, I would like to make a break here just to answer a few questions of yours. And uh, I would like to read the first um, text that we received. I have few young kids that are close together in age. They always fight. What should I do? Should I punish them? If yes, how? Also, if you have any ideas of good consequences, please share them. Thank you for your show. Thank you to dear listener. Well, um, I'm very glad to read uh, the word of consequences because in our educational world, we worth do not use the word punishment, but because when you're trying to talking about punishments and you try to um, reduce the way and the conditions that you have to use the punishments, people take it and actually why there this concept and use the punishments in all of cases. And this is a very wrong mistake. So we worth to use the word of consequences. Um, well, you have a few kids um, close together in their age, and they always fight, and you ask why. Well, first of all, there are two issues here. The first issue is the fact they always fight. How can I dealing with them just to stop this situation? This is very uh, distort, disturbing situation. So the first issue is how can I stop it right away, right now? But the second and deeper issues behind your question is how can I manage my house to make everybody feel good with himself that he will not be pushing by any triggers uh, to, get to, to getting into fights. Well, fights uh, in brothers, it's very common uh, effect. I mean, um, it's, it's pretty um, common effect in a lot of families, and it's not something that we can define it as a problem. That's the way kids behave. That's the way kids um, sometimes fail and use their hands uh, to get actually what they want. Um, but we have to know that when this issue, when this effect of fighting takes place in most of the hours that actually they are in a home, this is beginning to be an issue, to be a problem. So you have to be well aware of it. Now, if your issue, if your case, that actually most of the hours, most of the time they are in a the house, they have 
uh, fight uh, the siblings, you have to do something first. First of all, you have to do the external uh, uh, acting. I mean, you have to separate them. Now, how you can separate them? I recommend you take them to a conversation. And if they are a little like four years old or even five years old, you can also speak with them. You know, it's not an official conversation, but speak with them. Tell them, I have rules how I want you to behave in this home. And to do something like this is unacceptable. And for the example, you can hold your little one hand. Take his hand and make an example. You see, to take your hand at, and to hit your brother is prohibited in this house. You're not allowed to do that. Next time you do that, you will not be allowed to stay here. I will have to separate you. Maybe you can sit with him for two minutes in the second room. But now you avoided from being in public, for being in the rest of the family. Now, I, knew, I know that uh, on first sight you think, Oh, what are you talking about? If I start to do that, it's going to be such a great mess because I take someone and the other one is going to rampant and you don't know what's happening in my house. I know, but believe me, start at this point because little children has no... Um, the part of the cognitive in their brain is not so strong. They have to feel something if we want them to internalize this value. I mean, if I say to my child, do not hit your brother, stop with it, I don't want you to use your hands, it will not help. He has to feel what actually you agree or disagree to do. So when he though doing something that he that he is not allowed to do, like fight with his brother, take him for, from his hand, and you can hold strongly his hand to demonstrate him you're not allowed to do that and say it in a very serious tone. I don't let you do that. Now you have to be in your room for two minutes. And you can stay with him because it's not punishment. It's just consequence. And then, during the time, this is a process. I'm announcing this is a process. Maybe we can call it a long way that actually this is the shortest way you can find. During the time, they will internalize, internalize the value of there is no fighting in our home. This is not the way. Now, the second issue is what actually makes them to be in fight all, 
all the time. Why? Why it happened? Well, you have to test yourself. There is kind of homes that always has been in mess, and parents is not are not living together. I mean, the relationship with them is not so well, and there is a lot of fights between parents, or the environment of the house is no ruling. No schedule of the day. There is no uh, uh, specific time from home for homework, or a specific time for uh, playing, or a specific time for bedtime. It's all like balagan. It's all mess. This is a deep problem because the children is growing up in a house that actually doesn't giving them any schedule. In Hebrew we call it seder yom. They have no something that they know. This is time for studies. This is time for playing. This is time for showers. I'm not mean they are machines. There is some, you know, but usually there is a schedule. But if they're growing up in a house without schedules, this is actually make the problem deeper. So you have to put on your mind this fact and try to test yourself. Do I grant my children at least minimum of a schedule of the day? If the answer is yes, so you can try just the technical of separate them. And I hope um, that actually you have a solution for your problem. Now I would like to approach to uh, one more text messages. This is the time to remind you our phone number for text is 347-927-8398. I repeat, 347-927-8398. Um, hi, Rabbi. I was amazed by the story you just said uh, but how did you help the boy snip out of it? Uh, first of all, uh, this case didn't happen with me. Um, it happened with another advisor, so I not uh, have been involved in this specific case. But the general answer is that this is a big issue of guilty feelings. And a lot of children suffering from uh, guilt feelings, and they feel guilt. And you know what? I would like to tell you something that most of people not not really aware of that. Let's say that I'm a very nervous person, and I have a lot of pressure in my work, in my work and my boss doesn't like me. And there is a lot of things that actually frustrating me. When such kind of person came into his home with a very serious face or sadness face or face of nervous, just like most of us, no? <laughs> it sounds very familiar. But when it happened 
constantly. This is the system of the house. The daddy or mommy is always serious. The children start to feel guilty. They feel guilt feelings because they think daddy frustrated because of me. Mommy frustrated because of mine. Because the way how children see the world, the way they percept the relationship between them to their parents, it's, on, it's based on one basic base. You know what it is? Every feelings and motion of my parents has much to do with me. Has something to do with me. It's because of me. The way how your child makes the connection between you and your husband is, he says to himself, you are my mother. When he says my mother, he means I have a doll, I have a toy car, and I have a mother. That's right, she is not always disciplined, like my toy car or my doll, but she is also mine. She's mine. That's what he meaning when he say, this is my mother. This is one of my toys. Uncomfortable toy, but actually toy. Now, his father, it's actually his father. So if you are my mother, and he is my father, then I can explain to myself the connection between those couple. But without me in a picture, <laughs> what do you have guys to do together? That's the way he percepts the world. It means that any emotion that you parents expressing in your home, automatically your child feels it has something to do with me. If my father is frustrated, if he is nervous, if he's yelling in the phone on his friend, it's because of mine. And he starts to develop guilty feels, and in some extremely cases, it might be very dangerous. I don't like to uh, make you worry about it. You, we have to investigate each one of the specific cases. It's not, it doesn't matter that I not mean it's, it's in all of the houses it's like this. But we, what we have to be aware of this fact. Well, this is the answer I can tell you at this point. Um, I would like to reach um, to one more question of your... Since my two-and-a-half-year-old transferred to a bed, I cannot get her to bed. Last night, she went at 10 p.m. Any ideas? Thank you. Well, there is not many ideas, but one... One idea that actually makes it happen. 
the root of your question is a question of discipline. Discipline, this is very large issue, and I recommend to you to going to the website of JRoot Radio under the title of archive, you can find Harayat Anolad, it's writing in Hebrew, and then you can find a lot of lectures in English that actually dealing with the challenge of discipline. This is, I think, the, the challenge of the generation. But besides that, um, in a matter of fact, what is the solution to get to make them to be uh, in the bed at the time? The all answer in one word is in one word is consistency. Start to be consistent with her. Let's say, for the example, 8 p.m. This is bedtime. Now you have to make yourself clear out of all your business. Now you have to be ready to dedicate even one hour, even two hours for bedtime. I know it sounds very terrible, but what you've worth to fight with her for all over the, where, the years until she got married? Or maybe you like to dedicate two weeks for this process and complete this solution. Now you take her from her hand, put her on a bed, and tell her, now this is bedtime. You are not allowed to be out of your bed. Turn off the light and you can go out. Now you expected her to be out of her bed in a two minutes. When you see her out of her bed, you have to go back, hold her hand without nervous. <laughs> if you feel that you are nervous inside, it's not going to work. And even if it works, this is not the right way to do that. You have to stay calm. This is the basic rule in education. Stay calm. Don't work by your guts. Stay calm. Hold her hand. Put her back to her bed and tell her, I'm not let you go out of your bed. Now you're supposed to sleep and go out. And then this event is going to be one more time, one more time, one more time. Even if it takes two hours, be consistent. Now what is the real game? In the first night, she will think, I don't know what's happened to my mommy. Maybe she's crazy. Tomorrow, also, maybe something is going to pass. But if she sees it for two weeks, she will internalize in her sense, my mother has been changed. She really serious. When she said, go to your bed, she really means it. There is no any way out of it. So she will learn to live with it. And then she knows in her subconscious that even if she tries to get out of her bed, 
now she's starting actually a long process of cons of of insist of her mother to be in the bed. So there is no chance to fight of it. So she will learn how to live with it, and you will see that this effect just passed, it's just disappeared. Now I'm inviting you to do that and give us a call two weeks past and tell us how it works. Three four seven nine two seven eighty three ninety eight. We're going to a small musical break to arrange your uh, rest of your quest- questions, and we'll be right back with you. Stay with us. Bye-bye.
לתוכנית הרואה את הנולד עם הרב אברהם ברזילי. Uh, no insist her to go um, to the tautering. 
Um, one more question. Um, I forgot to mention that she cries to my husband that doesn't want to go, and he says, isn't not worth to crush her self-esteem for this by school is pressuring me. Well, I recommend you don't um, give up because of the pressure of the school. I want to say it very clear and loud. Schools looking for marks. They're looking for success. They're looking for something that can impress the others. So the good name of the school is raising up, and people register their child to this school, and that's it. That's what they want. I, I cannot talking about old schools because I don't know all of them. But as much as I know schools, that's the only thing that they're interested in. Studies, 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 and studies. What about, what about a personality? What about the, the individual development of each one of the students? This does not exist. You have to understand it. They're not aware of that. Yes, they speak about the Rechetz Kadvan Torah, about Midot, yes. But it's just speaking. This is not their per- perception. That's the, way, that's the way they build schools, just for marks, for studies achievements. <laughs> I'm not complaining. But don't think that the school... This is a place for education. So they pressure you. So what? So you're going to sacrifice your child just because of the school? They want your daughter to be excellent, to impress in tests, to impress your neighbors. They use the children just for their good sake. A good name. That's what I want. <laughs> I don't want to go on with this issue because I might say words that I'm going to have to apologize about. So let me stop here. Um, before we go on with your question, um, I'd just like to mention that um, um a lot of people want to talk with me privately after this radio show. And you're able to do that, no problem. But right now, um, we add a new service for you, uh, American people. I have an American uh, phone number. So take a pen and a note, and I'll tell you my American phone number. You can call, but just considering uh, the hours... Uh, between you and me, seven hours plus. Uh, but uh, my number is American number. It's a local uh, phone call. It's 917. This is the new number. You have to remember it. Forget about the last number, the old number. 917 
I repeat, 917-80-944-944. Before we continue, I have a few dudes um, from the previous radio show that we didn't have uh, plenty of time to read it, so... Now, I shall read it. Before I go on with your um, actual texting. Hi. What vitamins is good to take for anxiety? Well, I think that if we're talking about uh, um, medication or vitamins for anxieties, is to go for a treatment because, unfortunately, there is no um, magic uh, solution or magic ideas to dealing with anxiety. I know that psychologists uh, give Prozac or something like this, but it's not. I, I want you to know, any vitamins or medication doesn't give us a solution for anxiety. It's just make it easier. Pretty, but not much more than that. The most popular and successful way to dealing with anxiety today is CBT, cognitive behavior therapy. But even in CBT, there are some uh, there are some uh, trips on it. It's not so clear. So if you can go to an advisor that he used his hashkafa of Torah and he combined the system of CBT, you can trust him. But if you don't have anyone to treat it, I recommend you for a CBT treatment. It has the highest percent of successful. So I think you can do that. Uh, one more text message. Please tell me where I can access the entire program that is now on Abraham Education. It's called Haret Anonad. For listening later, I missed the first part. Well, you can go to the website of jrootradio.com under the title of Archive. It's writing in Hebrew, Haret Anonad. Or in the search bar, you can type Haroe in Hebrew, and you reach all our uh, radio show. And Bezat Hashem, coming soon, my new website with all of the material, including uh, the radio programs, Bezat Hashem, when it will be on air, we shall announce it. One more question. So, uh, So are you supposed to let the child cry without getting what he wants? The answer is very simply, yes. When your child is uh, starting to cry and starting to yell and he wants something, this is precisely the case. You will not give him that. Um, I asked from around to play some music so I can arrange uh, uh, your questions. You can keep send us your text messages. Our phone number for text is 347 347- 
927-8398. And if you would like to speak with me privately after this radio show, you can call me a local number 917-8094-944-917-8094-944. This is my new number, so update yourself and your friends. Now we ask from around to play some music for us and stay with us for the rest of your questions. Thank <laughs> את הלב והנשמה, חברים ומשפחה, ואת התפילה להודות לך. תודה לך על הטבע, הגוונים והצבע, היכולת להבין, להשכיל ולהחכים. הכל כל כך מושלם, ושבעת פלאי עולם, רק לראות, להתפעל, ואליך להתפלל. מאזינים לתוכנית הרואה את הנולד עם הרב אברהם ברזילי and four-year-old son are fighting all, all the time. The worst part is when they raise their hand to hit each other. I have tried many sequences, including timeout, talking away, privileges, or toys. I don't know what else can I do. Hearts me very much when they do this, And especially when they come running to me to tattle tale that was one of them hit the other. I have also tried to ignoring how to link and asking them to please handle it on their own. I have also tried rewards for not hitting during fights. What more can I do? Well, the simple answer or Rather, the right question is not, what more can I do? 
because you saw when you did something, it's just getting worse and worse. Maybe you should ask, what more can I do not do? And for that question, I have an answer. Just stop to judge there is fighting. Believe me that children learning very fast how to live together when they internalize they have no any address for the parents for judge their sibling behaviors. I mean, when you, uh, when you like a court and each one of your children have to express his complaints, and then you try to ask who did first and why did you do that and why did you do that? Or you say to the older one, you are older, so giving up. See, he is a little one. Leave him alone. I will give you something or, as you mentioned, rewards or something like this. Your children actually learn they have an address. So what is the chance they will learn by their own experience to dealing with their issues, with their fights? Because our goal is they will learn how to live together as a practice for the future, for their future. Because in the future we want them to know how to live in an in environment, in a public, in a society. We want them to know. So the, faster, the fastest way to do that is to not do anything. Just let them and tell them, tell them, from right now, I'm, stop, I'm stopping to be the judge for your deeds. You have to learn. And even if when you're four years old, son, uh, getting, you know, fights from his older brother, he will learn to not mess with him. He will learn how to not uh, get him nervous. And that's it. But the key word is uh, be consistent. So if you choose this process, you choose to not be involved, so be consistent with it. Because if you do it, you know, one time you're involved and, one, and the not, another time you're not, you just make the problem deeper and deeper. So you have uh, uh, to be aware about that. So we want you uh, to make something good and chas shalom do not be uh, damaged uh, instead of uh, benefit. Well, dear listeners, uh, it seems that our radio show is getting uh, into its uh, end. I would like to thank you, first of all, dear listeners, for your listening to Arayat Anolad. And I would like to thank Aran Jacob for all the technical issues he has been taking care of. And for all the questionnaires that actually sent us this text and enriched us and all the other listeners, thank you. 
Um, dear listeners, um, I have a new phone number, so please take a pen and write for you uh, um, my new phone number. It's American number, and tell to your friends also. The number is 917-8094944. I repeat, 917-8094944. You can call me every night between 10 p.m. until midnight Israel time every night. And also you can call me right after this radio show to 917 917- Eight zero nine four nine four four thank you very much I really appreciate your listening and have a hug Shavuot Hagmatan Torah with a lot of light and benefits thank you very much bye bye you 